Would you like to find out how to align your life with God's best? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and host of this podcast. And I believe that the more we seek God and study his word, the more he'll transform us to become like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. That's what a life aligned with his best looks like. And that's our mission at More To Be, to become more like Jesus. This episode is sponsored by our More To Be Sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood at academy.moretobe.com and get access to a library of biblically-based resources and coaching opportunities. We are so grateful for our sisters from around the world who make this podcast possible. And now let's jump into this episode of the More To Be podcast and seek God to equip us to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus every day. On this episode, I'm joined by a special guest, Stacy P. Carr. I just mm-hmm. want to tell you a little bit about Stacy. She is a woman of God who is committed to living out his word. She's got degrees uh, in studying scripture. So she comes to us uh, well, well versed in his word. She's married. She's got a son and a daughter, and she comes from a family of faith. And so I'm excited, Stacy. Yeah to have you here with us. She has recently written a book called I Am Practical Teachings mm-hmm. on Who God Says We Are and it includes a study and it is very similar to what we do at More to Be in that we want to know who God is and who we are in Christ and how to live that out. Mm-hmm. So, welcome Stacy. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, I really am just to talk about the truth of God's word. Yeah. That's what it's all about. You know, we all need it. And I'm excited to be able to share that with you and to discuss it with you and all those who may be listening today. That's awesome. So I always love to let our listeners know, like, how did you get to this point today? Which is a really big, big question. But you tell right. us about your, your family now, your family growing up. What's your story? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I grew up in a small town, um, Warsaw, North Carolina. And then from there moved, uh, you know, not too far away to Clinton, North Carolina. My father is a pastor. So my entire life has just been church, right? I'm a pastor's kid, was in church all the time, every week, every Sunday, Wednesdays. You know, you talk, talk about every single day, almost um, something was dealing with church. And so got a, um, a very extensive background in the Lord. And just um, worked in different ministries in the church, received a lot of experience, but didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord um, until I got older. Mm -hmm. Um, Graduated, went away to college and, you know, went to NC State University and just had a great time there. And it was at NC State that I realized I'm tired of doing this. You know, I, I realized that I wanted something better. I wanted something more. And I knew that I could find that in God. And so one uh, Friday night in January, um, my senior year in college, I said, you know, Lord, um, I'm tired. I just talked to him, you know, it's like I'm talking to you today. And I said, Lord, I'm tired. And I want the life that you have for me. And I asked him to forgive me for my sins and to save me. And he did. And I've just been running for him ever since. You know, we have a little bumps in the roads, but he has grown me so much and I we were closer now than ever before he keeps revealing his truth to me and I just you know so now I'm working in ministry 
um, be grateful to be able to preach the word and to sing and write. And God has blessed me with a wonderful husband mm -hmm. who uh, works with me in ministry. We are an associate pastor team. And, you know, we're doing great things in ministry. And we have two beautiful children, Caleb and Karis, who keeps us busy, of course. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so if it's not church, it's something with Caleb and Karis. And we just love the life that God has blessed us with right now. And I'm excited about our future. That is awesome. So help me fill in the pieces here for me. So <laughs> you grew up as a pastor's kid. You're in church constantly. But mm -hmm. your your conversion experience happens in your senior year of college. What do you think mm -hmm. the deal is with that? How do you, what is your takeaway on that? Um, to me, I think it's just all about, it shows people that uh, being saved or being a Christian is relational. Mm -hmm. It's not about, you know, we can, I can hear my father preach about the word all day, you know, my neighbors and friends, people at church, but until I, needed him for myself and I wanted that encounter for myself and I wanted more that all of a sudden what I had been hearing my whole life popped up and, and came yeah. to life and, and began to work inside of me so yeah. and, and again you know so I can't really that's why I always say you can't blame pastors if their children aren't living the life at that particular moment but the bible says that you know once they plant those seeds then you know it's going to sprout up one day and my seed just begin to sprout up in college year senior year and i realized god you are real mm -hmm. like what i've been hearing is real and i want that like yeah. i just got tired of living that other life and, and i said well now let okay well let me try this out let, let me try out what I've been hearing my whole life and my goodness, it just exploded in my spirit. And I am, I am grateful though, that I had that background in the Lord because, you know, I, I was able to take the knowledge that I had and then pair it with an actual lifestyle of living it, which uh, again is, is two totally different things. Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if people really understand. It's not enough to just know the word. Plenty of people know the word, right? The devil knew, knows the word, but he can't live yes. it. He doesn't have that relationship. And so um, for me, my relationship just took, began to take place senior year in that college. Is, that is awesome. So, you know, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I, oh, okay. My mm -hmm. dad's Jewish. My mom's Catholic, uh, raised under my mom's influence. And, you know, I, I, turned from God completely, the God that I had been introduced to by my mom and mm -hmm. went on my own kind of rebellious. I just guess if you told me, you know, do this, I'd say do that. Like, I right. just don't like, <laughs> and my home was abusive growing up. So anything, mm -hmm. you know, I was, I was, there was so much anger in my heart that and unforgiveness and bitterness that was also propelling so many of my choices, but mm -hmm. coming to that point in, in, college, my junior year of college, when I gave my life to the Lord and said, wow, okay, Jesus, I want to be just like you mm -hmm. meant a lot of changing of thinking that I've been busy doing for my entire adult life now. Mm -hmm. And that thinking changing into my behavior so that I would live differently. And I feel like sometimes, sometimes we do the right thing in our behavior with the wrong 
thing in our heart and our thinking. And sometimes oh, we do, good. right? Sometimes yes. we do the right thing in our thinking, but it doesn't come out right in our behavior. And I feel like that sanctification transformation journey to the cross is mm-hmm. God aligning it of, oh, yes. right? Oh my goodness, yes. Right, so, mm. so, and the reason I asked about your story is because I always want our listeners to kind of realize that there's no one way that we become more like Jesus. It is, it's an individual journey. And so, you know, I have wanted my children who have been more like you being raised to mm-hmm. know the truth, have the truth, live out the truth. And yet the Lord has shown me in the last 10 years, like they will embrace it in their own timing, in their own way, as it becomes personal. And for my middle one, especially her freshman year of college, mm-hmm. she thinks differently now. Okay. Right. Good, so she, right. she, had, she was doing the right things, but I wasn't sure that what would the, what the reason was for the right things. Absolutely. And now yeah. when she explains her decisions, it comes from a biblical like mm. foundation and it's just awesome to watch. <laughs> that is awesome. But yeah, like you said, it, it's our own paths. We each have our own paths and we can't judge somebody else's experiences. You know, my experiences are not your experiences, but that's why I love the Lord. He can just, he can relate to anyone, uh-huh. all of us, no matter what we've been through, his arms are open wide for us all. And yeah, it's just going to take a moment in time where he has you where, right where he wants you. And I'm a firm believer you know, he, when, once he has you right where he wants you in his sovereignty, as he makes sure that everything lines up to get you to the point that he wants you at, mm-hmm. then you will, if it's in his will, you know, you will say yes to him. Because mm-hmm. funny thing is, I'm a, 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 the baby of five girls, yeah. and not all five of us are saved. So, you know, with my mom and dad, Again, all five of us heard the same word, you know, every Sunday. And so there's some that there's one, there's two more that are now saved, but didn't get saved until later. Mm-hmm. And then there's two more that's like way left field and they're way up into adulthood. And so, you know, I even often sometimes just wonder, you know, God, when is it, when are they going to be saved? What's, what's going on? And um, because the times that we're living in now, I I just believe that the rapture is pending. Mm. And, you know, we just have to get in that place where in him, where we will make it in. Yeah. But I know it's all, all according to his timing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a, yeah, this time. So for anybody who's listening to this, we are in 2020. You know, <laughs> If this is two years from now, you're going to have a lot to tell us. But from this perspective, <laughs> It is a it is a unsettling time of life for so many people. Anything that was previously predictable is not. And so that kind of leads me to another question I have for you is how do you well, I have two questions. You get to choose which one you want to answer. How how do you navigate the hard parts, the times Mm -hmm. in which you do have that foundation of faith and the intellectual part of faith, but the heart and the body is like not really right. feeling it right how do you how do you navigate through that oh my you're, you're right that's a that's a good question for many of us we all have that question 
And for me, it's just, um, and I failed a couple of times, you know, because I wanted, I couldn't understand, you know, my heart and me wanting to do certain things and it just not coming to pass. Um, what I had to do was I literally had to let it go. I, I literally had to remind myself that God is sovereign. And even though I could plan all day and I think I'm pretty smart, you know, I think I'm, you know, I'm okay. And I can kind of put things together. I had to just really realize that God is in control and it was either be frustrated all the time, be stressed out all the time, or really live out the scripture, really live out the word that I say I believe in. If I say that I trust God, then I have to relax and let him be God and, and just let him do it. And like I said, that's not always easy. So it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. We have to continuously, consciously say, okay, I'm trusting in you, God. Okay. I did say that I would trust you. I did say that I would live for you um, and not my own self. It's not my will, but thy will that must be done. As Jesus said in the garden of Gethsemane, right? I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure in his intellect, his mind, he knew, you know, all the pain that he was getting ready to go through, but his spirit was, um, you know, it was submitted unto God. And so he said, not my will, that will be done. And I think we have to do that. We have to let it go yeah. and understand that God is in control and he's going to make sure that everything works together for our good. So, and then there's a little quote that I have uh, posted on my wall. Um, it, it says, good morning, I'm God. I'll be handling everything today. Oh, right? I love it. <laughs> so, so it's just a reminder uh, for us to, hey, God is in control. We are, we are but his vessels that he works through. So I love that reminder. It helps me to say, hey, okay, good morning, God. Okay, take it over. Take control today. <laughs> it is good. So over here, I have this little post-it note, and I go through seasons of, like, covered post-it notes, and then I rip them all down, and I need a clean slate. But this one keeps on staying, and it says, God wastes nothing. Mm, that's a good one. It's a that's good one, a good and one. It, it came <laughs> – this is really funny. It was from a student in my coach training class. She would mm -hmm. often say, God wastes nothing. And in the middle of her first go around through coach training, uh, she lost her mother-in-law and who she was very close mm -hmm. to. And mm -hmm. so she wasn't really able to give her full attention to it. So she asked to take the course again and, you know, obviously didn't charge her for that. She took the course again. So I had yeah. 20 weeks of hearing her say, yeah. God wastes nothing. <laughs> right. And I thought, Lord, like you really want me to get this. Right. <laughs> you she oh she thinks she's here for herself, but her loss, even in her loss, mm -hmm. this and this, you know, she yeah. lost her mother-in-law, who is her legacy is being carried on because I got this little post-it note that reminds me, yes, even mm -hmm. in our pain, God doesn't waste it. Oh my goodness. That is so good. He doesn't waste anything. Just like, no. um, you know, the beginning of the year when my book was released and we made all these great plans <clears throat> and then COVID hit and everything shut down every single thing. And so, you know, we were so excited and, you know, we were like, we just knew that this was God's will, but I, I, I realized in the midst of that, maybe it wasn't his will. Um, you know, maybe that was, 
me and my intellect and my marketing team wanting us to do certain things. But like you said, nothing is wasted. So even in that, God has just been teaching me um, how to um, really trust him and really let things go. And I've even learned new skills. Mm-hmm. Um, I put more time into time that maybe I would have been um, going to a book signing or whatever. I spent more time with my family. I've been spending more time just doing ministry projects and in his word. I've just been in his word. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, nothing is wasted. And I tell him, thank you for that because it's grown me. Yeah. It made me say that some things um, won't, some things in life, you know, it's going to fall through. And some things may not go the way I want it to go. How are you going to handle it, Stacey? What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, what are you going to do when I tell you no? Yeah. Right? right? In any, That's with anything. What am I going to do? So it has really grown me. Nothing is wasted. Yeah. And I know the things that I've learned now I can use in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I see <laughs> it again and again. And yet there's this cycle, right? So I've just gone through a mm-hmm. really hard situation kind of a major change of something I thought was going to be a huge part of my life. And it, it is not right now. And, and there's a lot of grieving and mm-hmm. sorrow and sadness. And on the, the lowest points, I'm tempted to say, like, why didn't I see, or I should have, or, but right. only if, and I, I recognize that as the voice of condemnation. I do. Like I know, I know that that is not of God and, and the mm-hmm. should have, would have, could have comes from the enemy, Yeah, uh, you know, and I, I often have quoted that conviction is, is a sense of God drawing us into the right behavior, mm-hmm. whereas guilt that is not of God mm-hmm. is, it makes us sit kind of under a shroud of shame. Yes. And, and so it's good. And so when you have that, like withdrawal is sort of into shame. It's at those moments that we, we have to preach truth to our soul. And, and so I know that's what you're passionate about. Yes. Yes. Truth. Oh my goodness. Um, Like you said, I've also had a situation that took place that um, in the, in the loss of my child, um, I actually had a miscarriage a couple of years ago and, you know, it, so the whole, I was praying to the Lord for the child, you know, and mm-hmm. got pregnant right away. And this is the second time around, got pregnant right away mm-hmm. and was just so excited making all these plans and, you know, naming the child and, you know, just mm-hmm. all these things that goes into it. And, you know, in about four four months into it, all of a sudden there's no heartbeat. No. Um, you know, what's, so God, what's, what's going on? What do you mean? There's no heartbeat. I thought, you know, you wanted me to have this child. You blessed me with it. And um, and so I ended up I ended up losing a child. And it took it took about it took a while for me to to really let it go. But I felt that condemnation. I felt that shame that the enemy was trying to make me feel. Um, and like you said, it was at that time that I had to begin to speak truth yeah. to myself, you know, that no, this is not this wasn't my fault. This wasn't, you know, yeah. something that God was doing to punish me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, it was something that causes me to grow, mm-hmm. causes my trust in the Lord to grow, my relationship with him to grow. And like I said, even when things, when God tells us no, will we still trust him? Yeah, I know. Will we still love him? Will we still live for him? And I remember sitting in my bathroom one day and I said, 
and, you know, kind of having a conversation to myself and to the Lord. And I said, God, I still trust you. Mm. I still love you. I will still serve you because I know that you love me. And I know that you're working all things for my good. And it was at that point that I felt the burden begin to lift. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the enemy, yeah, he wants us to always be down about about situations when things fall through. He wants us to give up. He Mm -hmm. wants us to be depressed. Um, But, you know, but we got to speak to ourselves about the truth. And it's that truth that's going to lift that burden. It's the truth that's going to set us free. Yeah. As he, as he said in John 8 and 32. Well, go there, girl. Pull, I, I'm pulling my Bible out. I know you wanted to share that particular passage. And I, um, I've been all, all over the word today with so many post-it notes. I can't find anything. Um, so, you know, oh, yeah, this is good. something we do um, more to be podcasts. We read scripture because I it's love one it. thing Absolutely. for us to have our opinion. And it's great That's to pair, right. you know, it's great when the word's in us and we can paraphrase it. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is like source. I'm all about the source document. <laughs> me too. Me too. Good. Yeah. I love it. Good. So um, I'm going to pick up at verse 30 and just see how far the Lord wants to take us on this. So, okay. uh, and the context, you want to set it up. You want to set up what's happening in chapter eight of, uh, of John kind of lead us. Okay, into yes. That. Let me get back. Well, um, in John chapter eight, this is when Jesus went um, to the Mount of Olives olives again and he's teaching of course and you know um the pharisees are there and the scribes are there and he's just talking with them uh, about how we should live and 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 during after this a sermon there were jews that were converted um and uh i'm gonna go to the scripture yeah I'm sorry, you can go ahead and start um, reading yep. at verse 30, like you said, yeah, but yeah, that's basically yeah. what it is. Jesus is talking to them okay. about how we should live at, on the Mount of Olives. Good, good. Okay, good setup there. So as he was saying these things, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are really my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I'll just mm-hmm. go a couple more verses there. So we are descendants of Abraham, they answered him. And we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say we will become free? <laughs> I know, so fun. Yes. Jesus responded, truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be really free. Right? You know, other translations, you'll be free indeed. Yes. <laughs> right. I know, I know you are descendants of Abraham, but you are trying to kill me because my word has no place among you. I speak what I have seen in the presence of the father. So then you do what you have heard from your father. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, is it okay if I go ahead yeah, and please, speak about please. it? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just love it. Um, because if we look at verse 32, he says, you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Or some translations say, Set you free. Mm-hmm. But then, it, if we go to the very next scripture in 33, those Jews that Jesus was talking to who just got converted, they responded to Jesus in something with something that I took note of that God pointed out to me. They said, You know, we be Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage to any man. So, how sayest thou that ye shall be made free? 
And what God showed me was there's so many people that don't even know that they're bound. Yep. They don't even realize when you're living a life of sin or when you're living a life separated from God, you don't even know that you're actually bound in your spirit. And, and because you're, you don't know it because you're, it's the normal for you. You're in your normal routine. It's every day. It's what I do every single day, living apart from the Lord. And it's not until you get the truth that you will be made free, that your eyes become open and you can see that I have been living a bound life. And, you know, so what does that mean to be bound? Really, you know, you're in confinement, you're, you're in confinement and you're in a place of no growth. You're in a place where there's basically no life, which is the condition of those who don't know Jesus. You know, we're just, we're really not living. We don't, we're really, there's really no life without the Lord. And so that's in particular, that's one thing that I just really want to that it just stands out to me. What do you think? Have you ever seen people that are just kind of going about their lives, not even aware? Totally of, clueless. Just totally clueless yeah. of what's going on and that they're bound by sin. Yeah. Separated from the Lord. And I think the, like I have found with my own maturity, it, the blind, our own blind spots. Right. So yeah. I went, what was I bound to 20 years ago or 10 years ago or five mm-hmm. years ago versus five weeks ago? Right. So mm-hmm. I can I can get bound up through this subtlety of control mm-hmm. Good. where where um, and and this this aha came to me from the Lord in the last literally it's like the last two months of Lisa, you think I'm a good father but only good enough, not a good, good, right. Good, good father, not a good, good father, but just a good enough father, meaning Mm -hmm. he's given me something that is what I want, but not exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. And I I'm willing to say, okay to it, because I think that's all that the goodness of God can show up for. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I will, Mm -hmm. I will allow, um, I will allow unhealthy things to be part of my life really because I have made God small. Whoa, that is great. That's so true. And, and I love how, isn't it wonderful how he'll just reveal things to us at certain times. And like you said, you kind of sitting there, I'm like, Oh, wow. I didn't even know that I was doing that. God, thank you for telling me that. But yes, we can make God so small. And one of the things that um, my pastor at our church, one of the things that, she says is, you know, God is a big God, you know, we gotta, we gotta think big. And like you said, sometimes it's just that we're bound in our, in our minds of what we can really see the Lord doing in our lives. And so when I say, when I say that, you know, people are bound, it's not always that we're bound by sin. Right. It could just, you know, it could just be that we're bound in our relationships. We're bound on our job. We're bound in a bad habit. Yes, you know we're bound yes. with bad, bad decisions, and yeah. so, but it's the truth of God's word that will set us free, no matter what it is, because that truth it goes in every area of our lives, yeah. and so yes, and when we know the truth, we really know the Lord. Yeah, and then the Lord can speak to us so simply and say, you know, exactly what He said to you. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just good enough, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, or and whatever. It, 
if it hadn't been the difficulties, you know, mm. this kind of goes back to what we we're talking about. If it hadn't been for the hard, I wouldn't mm -hmm. have been seeking him in that way. I wouldn't have had eyes to see. Right. Right. And so the thing that struck me as you read this and started to really describing this bondage thing is um, <laughs> their, their response. So mm -hmm. these are Jews that are literally just saved. And then mm -hmm. they're like, but we, you know, we can't really believe you is really what they're saying to Jesus, <laughs> right? That we is are, so true. Don't you know who we really are? Like, we're not enslaved to anybody. What are you talking about? Right. Right. That is so funny. <laughs> Which I've never seen that before mm -hmm. of how I always think of like the Israelites as, as the clueless ones, right? <laughs> Like they're right wandering there. around, clueless, wandering right? around. They had the fire, they had the cloud, they had the manna, yes. and they still didn't get it, right? Right. But I've never seen the the simplicity of the the new converts. Wow. In that next again, section. Mm -hmm. In that second, in that second, they were still by faith they were saved. Mm -hmm. By action, they still didn't know how to put it. Oh work. man, that's good. That's right. So by faith they're saved, but in their mind, it still needed to be transformed. Yes. And so that's a true testament of how it is when we be, when we come to Christ, yeah. when we are when we are tra we when we say yes, God, I want to serve you. It's it is a a daily walk. Yeah. You know, we still need time to get out the old and put in the new. Yeah. Um, because yeah, they were living for as Jews for their entire lives and all they knew was the law yeah. you know and all they knew was if I do this law then I must be holy right yeah. I must be good I must be in right standing with the Lord and here comes Jesus saying good job uh, you know good job Jews and if you keep that word you're going to be my disciples yeah. and, um, and then you're going to be set free and, and so then they're like wait a minute uh -huh. No, yeah, no, I, I'm already free because I'm Abraham. See, so yeah, we just have to, like, like you said, um, line up our confession, yeah, with our behavior, with the new behavior that will come. That will come. So mm -hmm. I know that's that's like the heartbeat of your book, mm -hmm. is is really getting the the heart of understanding and the mind of application. Yes. So what led you to write that, write this in the first place? Because I had a lack of understanding. Okay. Um, that's basically um, the best way I can put it. I was in a place where I needed more from the Lord in my Christianity, in my walk with him, um, because I had um, been, I had experienced low self-esteem and, and I had experienced, you know, fear, insecurities and, you know, and they just begin to plague me in every area of my life. And I was being defeated. Mm. Here I am, a Christian, working in church, working in the ministry, and I'm still being defeated by the enemy. And so I was like, God, what is this? And so I began to seek him. And he really just, I said, I've got to know who I am. Mm -hmm. I've got to know what it is you say about me. Um, and like I told you before, I'm a pastor's kid. I've heard the word of God before. I've heard that I'm the lender. I've heard that I'm the light of the world. I heard that I'm the salt of the earth, but I didn't know how to apply that 
in the world we're living in today. I didn't know how to be that. How do I be this? What, what does this mean in totality? And so the more I began to study it, the more the Lord began to reveal um, exactly what he needed me to know about what he says about me and what he says about all of us that live in him. And, and like I said, there was a, a lack of understanding, mm-hmm. um, you know, so in, and anytime there's a lack, there's a lack, there's a deficiency, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when there's a deficiency, now we become vulnerable to attacks. It's just like whenever, you know, your body lacks vitamin K or your body lacks vitamin C, mm-hmm. you're now vulnerable to certain sicknesses. Yeah. And I was being attacked by the enemy. He was having a field day with my mind. And and I was just, it, it was affecting, like I said, every area of my life, I was being defeated um, to the point where I, I just got tired of it. Mm. And and I said, I need to feel this, this lack, this deficiency, which is why the Bible says that, um, you know, with all that getting to get an understanding yeah. what it tells us to do. Yeah. And so I just, I got an understanding of the different things God says about us in his word. And um, there's 23 things that I, you know, that I really just kind of deal with. Um, and it took me a long time <laughs> actually to write this book because like you said, it was a more, it was a personal thing for me. You lived and it. so I took, I had to live it. I had to live it. And the great thing about it is once I, applied these truths and I began to speak these truths over my life mm-hmm. I stopped being defeated by the yeah. enemy yeah. um and now of course the enemy is always going to come back oh, he's, yeah, always, yeah. he's always going to he's never bored <laughs> <laughs> he's always going to and fro seeking yeah. whom he can devour and so when he comes back now I have you know an action plan mm-hmm. I have a remedy that I can begin to use against him and it, and it starts in my mind. It starts with me knowing the word of God. And when I begin to speak that word, then, you know, I, I realize I'm not susceptible as much to mm-hmm. the traps that he sets. Yeah. So, yes, that that is that that's that's my thing. I, I lo- I'm a researcher. I'm a studier of God's word. I love to get, you know, down deep in it. And it anytime he shows me something new, it just blows my mind. And I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't see that before, Lord. Thank you. I know. And it makes me better, right? It makes right. us better. Right. And so I'm a person of, we, you got to understand it. You, you, we can't just know what to say. We can't just, mm-hmm. you know, know the bullet points. We've got to speak it and understand it and live it out. So good. And then apply it, right? Then apply I know. It I know. I totally, I mean, you're, you're definitely preaching to the choir. My, uh, one of the first books that I wrote was meet the new you. So it was uh, mm-hmm. having a, f- a fresh attitudes and focused habits for real life change. And that my principles are the, uh, take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ. Second Corinthians yes. 10, five, right. Mm-hmm. Which I know you stand on and Romans 12 two. be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's right. It. And those we two things. And that, that's how my healing came about was mm-hmm. if I wasn't paying attention to what was going on in my thought life, it was going to affect my everyday life. Absolutely. Right. It begins. It's all in the way we think. It's all in the way we think. And it's been interesting because the last year I've been going through uh, equine assisted training, trauma focused. Mm-hmm. And I've learned about how the brain actually responds and how our neocortex holds those cognitive thinking abilities. But mm-hmm. if we're afraid, 
if we're living in fear, if we're living in trauma, if we're living in anxiety, we're not engaging the neocortex. And, and so, but that connecting point is dependent upon understanding what's going on in our physical bodies, Mm -hmm. attending to that and having connected relationships, which is, if you think of God, God, you've said it, you said at the very beginning relationship. It's relationship, right, ma'am. So I I say that, and I say, I've been saying it more and more that when our thinking, when we're focusing really hard on our thinking, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's not clicking to, to check in with what's going on in our bodies as clues. Yes. Where are we numbing out? Where are we pacifying? What are we ignoring and check Mm -hmm. in on our relationships? So who are we connecting with? Absolutely. That can uh, yeah, because sometimes, you know, we, the, who we're connected to, what they're dealing with, you can get tangled up in. Mm-hmm. They're speaking negatively over you. You're, they're feeding your mind. They're feeding your spirit. And so, yeah, we've got to be careful who we're connected to, who we're entertaining, yes. you know, whose spirit are we catching, per se? Whose yeah. spirits are we? Because, you know, what they say, birds of a feather flock together. Yes, yeah. And so we always want to make sure that we're around kingdom people. We're yeah. around kingdom-minded people that can speak life into us and can speak the truth into us and that can speak love into us yeah. and that can make us better. Yeah. So you're right. It's all in the way we think and on what we receive, what we entertain yeah. affects how we think. A hundred percent. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Oh my goodness. But that's so neat that you were able to learn about the neocortex and everything. Yeah. I would love to, to do that. That's yeah. Yeah. The brain is a... I, I, there's a two episodes that we recorded that's in the sisterhood about how the brain works uh, that okay. um, this guy who is the influencer kind of over the the training that I'm, I'm going through. His name is Dan Siegel. And he mm-hmm. does a lot of education about the brain and learning and recovery. And it's just, to me, it points to how God made us. Like yes. they, they may not say God created it this way, but I'm like, God created our, our brain inside of our body connected to our heart intended to be in relationship. And through that, he brings healing and he brings transformation. And if we only wow. compartmentalize ourselves and, and say, mm-hmm. you know, especially I think Christians, we have a tendency to do this is that we compartmentalize transformation just mm, into the spiritual okay. and we discount the relational and we discount the physical and mm-hmm. it's uh, and God didn't make us disconnected. He made us right. integrated. That's uh, right. And so we have to attend to the oh, whole thing. Yeah. That's right. It's, it's the whole man. God is concerned with the whole man exactly. and it all works together. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll be sure to make sure I listen to those yeah. podcasts um, and catch up on that. Um, yeah. Thank you for, so much for sharing that information. You're welcome. Wonderful. It's good stuff. So uh, tell us, um, tell everybody where they can find you. I think that's really important. Okay. Well, absolutely. They can connect with me um, through any of the social media sites um, on Facebook, Twitter, IG at Stacy P Carr. Um, You can come connect with me on my website at stacypcar.com. And on the website, there is a direct link to purchase the book. There are videos that explain about things about the books, different facets of the books. There's, you know, so many different things, photographs and 
Um, they can email me um, at stacypcar at gmail.com. Awesome. And I would love to share, to talk, um, to mentor, to just come speak wherever, um, or just, you know, just to discuss the goodness of the Lord and the importance of knowing the truth about who he says we are. It, we got to know it in the world we live in today. We have to know it. Absolutely. And, and if you're all are typing in Stacy, she has a mm-hmm. very special spelling, S-T-A-C-E-E. And I have lots of Stacy's in my life, but none of them have E-E. And and so I I don't want people to not be able to find you. So it's Stacy. Thank you for that. With an E. -E. And and I love, and I do love the way my name is spelled. Uh, It just reminds me again about the uniqueness of God, the way he makes us all each unique. Um, It's very important. So even in, you know, how he created us, there's something about every single one of us that's so unique and special to just ourselves and nobody else can be us. And it's important that we know that and yeah. live that out and own that. Like, yeah. yay, I'm Stacy. Yay, I'm Lisa. Nobody can be me, right? And so I try to make sure that I tell all my friends and all those that I talk to, hey, be you. There's yeah. only one you. There's so, only one. There's only one. Yes. We are totally designed <laughs> by God. Would you Absolutely. do us a favor, Stacy? And would you close us yes. out in prayer? I definitely will. Awesome. Um, Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for what we have experienced on today. I thank you for this wonderful connection with this wonderful woman of God, Lisa Pulliam. And I pray for her and I pray for her ministry that you will continue to strengthen her and give her what it is that you have called her to do. Give her the resources, provide for her, make ways for her. And all of those that work with her at More to Be, bless their team, bless their family, bless everything that they're connected with because of what they're doing to reach your people in this earth, God. And I just thank you for the listeners on today. I pray that you would touch their hearts and touch their minds and and help them to see you in a very real way, like never before. Help them to see the importance of relationship with you, the importance of knowing the truth of who you say that they are, so that we will no longer be susceptible to the enemy's attack, so that we will no longer be defeated and tripped up, but that we will use the resources that we will use, the weapons that you've given us in the knowledge of your word to silence the enemy, to silence the, the lies that he tells us, those, those whispers that he tries to whisper in our ears, that we will lock, shut him off and cut it off, God, so that we can be who you've called us to be and instead listen to your truth, God. Help us all to live it out and be who you've called us to be in this earth so that we can represent you. We love you and we thank you for all things. We know that you are a good, good father and you're working all things for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Stacy. I am so glad we had this time together. Super Me blessed. Too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for all that you shared today. Would you like to find out how to align your life with God's best? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and host of this podcast. And I believe that the more we seek God and study his word, the more he'll transform us to be like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. That's what a life aligned with his best looks like. And that is our mission here at More To Be, to become more like Jesus. This episode is sponsored by our More To Be Sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood at academy.moretobe.com and get access to a library of biblically-based resources and coaching opportunities.